knowing who you are is knowing what you are. With the author of Pictures of the Soul, David Green, on episode 252 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. It's not, it's the part of the soul that connects to the body. Okay. It still is a spiritual thing, but in the Bible, in a number of places, it says that dam hu nefesh, the blood is the nefesh. It doesn't mean that it is the soul, it means that's the first level of the soul. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure, privilege to allow me into your life here today in your earbuds, in the car, taking a walk, uh, being with some friends, exercising, Whatever you're doing, I just appreciate you taking me with you, taking me with you on your journey of life today. Here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, we're all about helping you to navigate this journey of life, particularly the challenging parts, the adversities, in order to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Coming to you as always from the Loft Studios, just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, on a beautiful day, looking to speak some good words into your life. You can always go to drbradmiller.com where we have over 250 episodes of this podcast devoted to helping you to overcome adversity and achieve peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way for more about our coaching and training program, which will help you develop your POP, your personal life plan. Today, we continue part two of our conversation with David Green. David is a Jewish rabbi who's written a number of books and is an accomplished musician. And our, in our episode number 251, we talked a little bit about his new book, uh, Pictures of the Soul, but particularly we talked about the process, that he, that what he went through in his life, going through depression and some other bad things in his life, and uh, to come to his life of discovering the real you. And how he helps you to do that. His website is called The Real You Project. And he begins that place about contemplation and coming to a brighter place and to to uh, deal with these things. Today, we're going to talk specifically about his uh, about his uh, book, uh, Pictures of Your Soul. It's one of several books that he's written, but it's his latest book. And we're going to talk about the, the, the process of how to, uh, well, you get to know yourself by knowing what you are, how you're created. And he's going to talk today about five levels of the soul, and particularly about two things we're going to talk about when we come back on the other side of the conversation that will help you then to uh, practice the principles of coming to these five levels of the soul in, in your life. This is part two of this conversation, and we're going to delve deep into what it means to be a soulful person and to have meaningfulness in your life, to explore the beauty of your own soul and how to grow, even if you go through a very low place, even if you're struggling, and how you can become spiritually aware and identify those aspects of your life, these what he calls the five levels of the soul. I encourage you to go back to episode 
251 to get the foundation of our conversation and enjoy here episode 252. And then episode 253 coming up in a day or two, I'm going to be reflecting what we've learned from David about the five levels of, of the soul. I'm going to talk about my own experiences at the Dead Sea in Israel and how that was important for me to understand what it means to be alive even in the midst of the Dead Sea. So we hope you join me for that. Right now, his name is David Green. His new book is Pictures of Your Soul, and where his website is The Real You Project. We pick up the conversation with David explaining a little bit about the five stages of the soul. That's something. Yeah, let's talk for a second about what you mean specifically in terms of applicable to other people about excluding the distraction and digging for the gold, as you say here. And it seems to me we're talking about clarity and focus and disciplines of and helping these things to help get a separation between the distraction and to our inner life. So what are some of the principles and what are some of the habits that people can apply from your teaching that can help us to exclude the distraction and go for the gold, as you say? It's interesting that the first two words that were said to the very first Jew is to Abraham were lech lecha, which means go to yourself. Hmm. Now, when the first time you hear a word said to somebody in the Bible, it has tremendous significance. It's every word has significance. But the fact that those were the first two words said to Abraham is telling us a very important principle of life. And one is go, which means remove yourself from the distraction of the home he grew up with, which was a home of idol worship. And he had to leave that environment. And then he had to go to yourself, which is an inner process of discovering who he was. So there's removal of distraction is something that we need to practice. We need to move ourselves away from where our friends, our environment, our social. If you have the opportunity to go to a different location, that's even greater. Like when I went to Israel, I moved to a different environment where the value system is different. So removing yourself from your daily routine. And if it means just having to go into your own room and close your eyes and try to meditate on removing all the noise, that is a process of the lech, the go, removing away that distraction. And people do that on a surface level with mindfulness meditation. They become aware of their breathing. They become more aware of the body. Uh, that's the first level. But there, there's the, the soul has five levels to it. And the when God created man, he breathed five levels of the soul into man. And the first level, which starts with the word hey, the letter hey, which is the fifth letter of the Jewish alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, and it makes the sound like the breathing sound. Okay. So when God breathed the five levels of the soul into man, he made the sound, which is, which is the five levels going into man. Hey is the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which represents those five levels. The lowest level is called the nefesh. And that's the first thing to tune into, which is removing the distraction and tuning into the nefesh level of the soul. And the nefesh level of the soul resides within the blood. And that means that's why you feel your soul all around your body. 
even though the soul wants to rise up like a wick and a flame, it stays connected to the wick, as it says in Proverbs, that the soul of man is like the candle of God. The soul is in you. It's within your body. But at the same time, it's always trying to rise and reconnect to its source, to our Father. So person tunes in to the soul, especially starting with the nefesh level, which is connected to the body, we can start to remove the distractions and tune in to the basic functionality of or awareness of the soul. Then what we do is move to the next level, which is called the ruach. The ruach is the spirit yes, level right. of the soul, which is somewhat of a scary place to go because mm-hmm. it's connected to infinity. So when I move into there, it's called, I call that the empty spaces, which is the title of my second album. And if you listen to empty spaces, you'll see it's a meditation that takes you into a place which is empty, which is infinite. And you have to surrender and go into a place of what seems like total darkness. Like For just to be to keep up with you here now, the first level is to connect with the body, the blood and the breath and so on. And the second level is basically to empty self. In order to be, and I'm assuming maybe we're going to move towards reception here. But am I tracking with you here, David? Basically, first level is the. It's not. It's the part of the soul that connects to the body. Okay. It still is a spiritual thing, but in the Bible, in a number of places, it says that dam hu nefesh. The blood is the nefesh. It doesn't mean that it is the soul. It means that's the first level of the soul. So that's why as your blood moves all around the body, that's also the nephesh moving all around the body. In my book, Pictures of Your Soul, I actually have illustrations of what happens from the right ventricle of the heart to the left ventricle of the heart, how that goes to the brain. It's a complex process that people, by learning that, it actually heightens your awareness of the Mm. soul. But the level of the soul is connected to the blood, but it's a separate entity, but that's how it moves through the body, through the blood. Okay. And that's what you feel this, the, how could this spiritual thing, the soul, be held in a body, which is a physical thing. There's a contradiction, a, a spiritual thing within a physical space. And yes, the answer is yes, it is within the physical because it's connected to the blood. Then when you move the next level to the Ruach, now you're above the blood, you're above the body. It's still connected to the Nefesh, and that's why it's still within us. But it's connected to the next level, which is the Nefesh is connected almost like a chain, like a link to the next level. And each level of the soul is connected like a chain up to the highest level. The next level is called the Neshama, which is resides within the brain, which is why the brain is so much of the central part of the navigation of a human being. And yeah. then there's the levels above that called Chaya and Yechida, which are well beyond our comprehension. But so, so we've gone by, from body to emptiness the, and the soul and then the, the brain and into these higher levels of, of consciousness. And you talk a little bit in your work about achieving our unique personalities and becoming a how this helps us find our mission and our place in the world. Is that part about going? Well, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, sir. The, what I've been describing is more the anatomy of the soul. Okay. And if a per, that's very important for a person to develop soul awareness. Okay. And my book, Pictures of 
your soul. That's the whole idea of it, is that it's just a number of questions where people would think you can't answer them because there's it sounds like a contradiction. But in fact, we learn about what the soul is from, from the ideas that the, this book is written based on what's called the Tanya, which is a Hasidic masterpiece. So that, it, that's that the book is more of a meditative process of becoming aware of the different levels of your soul and how to deal with various struggles and things like that. My other book is called A Book About You, which is about individuality and knowing your purpose in life. Okay. It's okay. A different focus. So what you're teaching here is teaching us here is to understand our soul, understand the physiological spiritual, almost metaphysical, if you will, aspects of everything here that we're talking about here, and how that then helps form us, our personalities, and us as people, as beings that are spiritual and physical at the same time, and then helps lead us into some direction of meaningfulness in life. And so what I'm getting at here, David, is so many people have a sense of meaninglessness in life. You've mentioned some of the people where you work with students, you had your own moments of depression and so on, and searching for meaningfulness. I certainly have had that. Many of our listeners have had that situation here. I call it the malaise of mediocrity. You feel like you're just stuck. So how can we use yeah. what you're teaching here to help people get unstuck, to get onto something that is meaningful and purposeful in their life? I'm talking about some practical applications here of what you're teaching. It also is, don't get me wrong. What you're teaching is wonderful and practical. But I'm talking about some day-to-day disciplines some people might be able to apply. I think that one of the things that we have to deal with is the fact that our emotional and spiritual memory is very short, which means that inspiration is not meant to be something that that you get and you walk away with and it's you can hold on to it. Even the Jews on Mount Sinai experienced the giving of the Bible, of the Ten Commandments, and then committed the golden calf soon after. So spiritual spiritual inspiration is something that you can't just expect to stay with you. Therefore, it should function more as a glimpse of where you want to go. We need to be inspired, but we can't walk away from inspiration expecting that to be what's going to hold us up. It's only there as a preview of where you're supposed to climb to. So what we to do is every day a person should go through the process of reminding themselves of what was inspirational or find the inspiration to then use as a as a vision to strive towards and so the way that we do that in jewish practice is prayer because prayer is divided up into the appreciation of different categories of things in life that are very important to remember. So if a person were to sit down and write down what are the five most important principles that if they could walk around with every day that would transform their life because they would be able to live with that awareness, write them down and put them in your pocket and take them out and read them at least three times a day. Because although it may sound simple, like the fact is that if there truly are deep values that they really believe in, if it's a type of awareness they really want to try to achieve, then you have to be honest with yourself 
that there's temptations around us that pull us away from those things. There's depression that pull us away from those things. There's various challenges in life that are going to make it hard for you to focus on those things. So treat yourself the way you would teach somebody else. Give yourself an assignment of writing down what are the things that I think are the five most important points of awareness and then take it out and meditate on it. Look at the, think about them, try to feel them. And if you do that enough, it then becomes a part of you and you live with that awareness. Yeah. I think what you're sharing here is really some good disciplines to revisit this on a regular basis several times a day. You mentioned praying several times a day. You mentioned writing some things down or reading, rereading them. I think it's important because we have to have not only the inspiration and the motivation, but we have to have the discipline to keep doing that and keep going. I'm always inspired by the biblical story of Moses and the promised land and the journey out of slavery through the wilderness over 40 years to get to the promised land. Of course, Moses never really gets to the promised land. He gets to see it. But the point is that they had all kinds of issues and troubles along the way when they forgot their mission and their purpose and their vision along the way. Because it's a hard road. Life is a hard road. And many difficult things come in the mind as a distraction. But you have to have that vision of the promised land out there. That's part of what you're giving us here. Another important point that's related to this is that God really gave us two souls. He gave us what's called the divine soul, which is pure. And is the Tanya, which I quoted before, says that the divine soul is like a piece of God. It's, we have this piece of godliness within us. That's the thing that I was saying. You have to dig for gold, that divine soul. And it wants to do everything that God says is we should do in this world. But then the animal soul is there, which is it's, it's basic nature is like that of an animal. It wants to breathe, eat. It wants to satisfy its reproductive desires. It's, it's looking for, for animalistic pleasures. And we have that within us. And, but it's a gift that we have that in us, but we have to know that when the animal soul is speaking and when the divine soul is speaking and the Tanya describes that really they are both like battling over a city. And the city is your body. They both want to rule your body. But even though they seem to be at war with each other, the idea is to make peace with them. And what happens is that the, the, it's like a horse and a rider. If the rider is using the horse properly, it can take the person, the rider, to be able to achieve all kinds of wonderful, godly things. I can deliver food to the poor using my horse. I can get there much faster if I use the physical horse that's there. Sure. The, the horse, the, the animal side of us, is there to use to, to do good things with if we harness it properly. But if the horse gets away on us, and we're going to fall off that horse, get dragged by the horse, and we'll be pulled into all kinds of places we don't want to go. So ultimately, it's considered a gift. And what happens is people tend to identify with their animal soul. And that can be a terrible mistake. One, because it'll make them do all kinds of things that are below their dignity. Sure. But the other, it begins to cause you to label yourself as bad. And if you label yourself as bad, then you will 
disconnect from God because your depression is based on believing that you're an animal. Mm. And believe you're an animal, then there's very little spirituality for you available because you're only chasing after your lusts and you're, you look at yourself as a failure all the time. And that depression is something that makes people say, I give up. But if they know that it's, there's, there is an animal soul that's making, that's speaking through their heart at that time, then they should recognize that they do have the ability to overcome it. That the yeah, divine the choices soul, that may we make to go to these deeper. You, you can go from the lowest place, but know that the reason why you fell there is because the animal soul took over. And what you have to do is you have to work your way back up to be the one in control of the animal soul rather than let it control you. Okay. It's like a there's a story in the Talmud of a king who wants to test his son in order to give him strength to withstand various desires. So he hires a prostitute to try to seduce the son. It doesn't sound like a very nice thing to do, but the prostitute is working for the king. So the prostitute doesn't want to, but the son enabling him have the choice get, makes him a, a dignified being. So too, we're given an animal so soul. We're being tested. In this case, it was a test here and how we choose right. then comes into play. Now that's an easier test to identify. Joseph was tested by the wife of Potiphar and he's considered very righteous because she was so beautiful and he was able to withstand the temptation. Drugs and other abusive behavior are easy to identify as being something that we don't want. But most theme and depression are things that the animal soul can impose upon a person that you don't recognize that's a negative thing that you have to fight against. You identify too much with it as being, this is me. And as soon as you identify it as being me, then that's, it's one. It, the animal soul has won because it identify yourself with the animal soul as if that. But in fact, if you recognize that the essence of who you are is the divine soul, then you can reattach yourself to the beauty of that jewel that's within you. I've sometimes heard so, something to the effect of some people think your physical beings having a divine experience or a spiritual experience, but what you're helping us understand is a, the phrase I heard and teach, you were really our spiritual beings having a human experience, and we need to understand that transition there. And so, David, I'd like you to speak for just a second about anybody who you've been able to be helpful to through your teaching, your writing, your music. Uh, you've seen some transitions in them. Really interested in how our teaching here today that you're giving us some great things here can be practical to some people. Tell us a story about someone that's been touched by your work. There's a number of people who I found going on a path that wasn't theirs. And what I was able to do was give them the courage to assess who they really are and they use my teachings to do with different personality types that are based on what's called chesed, glora, and tiferet, which are kindness, restraint, and harmony, which is personified in the Bible by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Each one of them repaired the world through the attribute, which was a godly attribute that they personified. And each one of our souls is rooted in one of those, right? I may be a chesed personality in that 
what my soul thrives on is love and kindness. And you may be a Gvura personality whose soul thrives on achievement and discipline and responsibility, right? By helping a person discover what the root is of their soul, then they can evaluate, hey, am I living the life of me or am I living the life of what my parents want me to be or that society wants me to be? And by using this technique, in fact, on my website, there's a personality test that shows you the balance of each of these three things. And by my book, a book about you, each chapter is about one of these personalities with positive and the negative traits that come with them. People become accepting of themselves. Like a chesed personality is one who loves other people and is a people person. They're extroverted, but they also tend to be very late for things because they get distracted by people. So by accepting that negative that comes with the positive, then the people come to love themselves much more. And I feel that's the biggest problem I think people face today is a lack of self. Yeah, a lot of people lack that self-esteem and and what your work here is going to help them to do that. And I'd love to hear how you shared about how people have been influenced by that. So David, how can people learn more about you? You've got a couple of books, you've got music, you've got a website. I know that some of our listeners are going to want to learn more about what you're about. How can people learn more about you? If you go to realyouproject.com, that's real you, all spelled out, realyouproject.com. You'll have links to where you can buy my books, like on Amazon or directly from me. My music can be heard at David H. Green on Spotify, on Apple Music, Amazon, and all the other streaming services. Or to get a taste of the, you can hear, listen to my songs on my website. There's links to them as well. I have videos there and previews of my books on Instagram. It's real.u.project. And all the links to everything is on the website itself. So I highly encourage people to go to realuproject.com. My book, A Book About You, is just released by Morgan James Publishers. So that's in all the major retail outlets, bookstores, and online. Everything's on Amazon as well. And my new book, Pictures of Your Soul, is a is a what I did was I besides the illustrations showing how the soul works in relationship to the body, I found there's a photographer I've known for over 40 years who's been taking beautiful pictures of people praying at the Western Wall and fire prayer. So that the whole book is interwoven with those photographs to just to be as an inspiration to see the soul, and that's why it's called Pictures of Your Soul. You can actually. E, the soul, which people think is too abstract, but yet it's very concrete if you learn more about it and you be in touch with it. Well, so that, I highly... That, that, that's that. awesome. And I have a picture of myself at the Whaling, Western Wall as well. I did remind me of that powerful experience thing that I had. We're going to put connections to all of this, David, at our, the real you project.com at our website, drbradmiller.com. And it's been a fascinating conversation to have here, David. I'm sure we'll have more conversations as we go along. But his book... He's got a couple of books, but Pictures of Your Soul is his latest book. He also has a book about you. All this is about helping you to discover your own personality and your mission in the world and your place in the world by going into a soulful place. And it's been really helpful to our audience here today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. David Green, thank you for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. 
Thank you very much to David Green. Uh, wow, what, what a great conversation we were able to have, and I hope that you gleaned a lot out of our conversation. He is a really a deep, deep, introspective person. He uh, really comes from that uh, uh, very learned uh, Hebraic uh, lineage of people, and all goes deep on many levels, including music. But really, he delves here about what he calls the five levels of the soul and his book, Pictures of the Soul. And I hope you picked up on a number of things here today. I'll just lift up two as a reflection with you. To print the practices and principles about how to get deep to your soul, he quotes uh, from Hebraic teaching the statement, go to yourself. And out of that, there's two principles he picks up. The go meaning to remove from distraction things in your life. You may need to go to a different place. In his place, he went to Israel. I've been on a pilgrimage to Israel myself, but remove distractions in your life. And the second part of that, uh, of my, one of many parts he talks about, the second part of that is to tune into the soul. And I would just kind of relate that, you know, on your radio dial, an old style, old style radio receiver in your car or someplace else, you tune, you twist the knob in order to zero in on or tune in to the strong signal of the radio station to get the music or the content that you want. And he talks about that in terms of tuning in to your soul. And you can do that through prayer and inspiration and by repeating things on a daily basis, those principles which are important to you. Take those things to heart. Take those things to heart to transform your life. And pick up his book, Pictures of Your Soul, and we'll put links to what he's all about at our website, drbradmiller.com. That's where you can find over 250 episodes of this podcast designed to help you to navigate adversity. Things like depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death, the five Ds we call them, with our process that we have and the process we learn from others. You can learn more about our process, the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan, at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, where we describe some more about what that is all about. Again, we thank you for being with us. It is an honor and a privilege to allow me into your life. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. I come to you with over 40 years of ministry experience and a doctoral degree in transformation leadership. But most of all, I love to see change in people just like you. And I'm here to speak into your life. We'll do it again next time on episode number 253. We're going to talk about what it means to be alive even in the, in the Dead Sea. I'm talking about my experiences in Israel and the Dead Sea. We'll talk to you soon next time here on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Until next time, I want to encourage you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.